Well, I'm going to be spending my birthday weekend uh, watching football in a booth. In working? London. Yeah. Well, I'm working as well. But I'm, I'm watching German football and uh, I might manage to get some Italian food in. So. Well, what do we both like? What could we both go karting? Yeah. Well, what, I don't like go karting. What do, aqua- <laughs> what, do aqua- what, 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 what are Aquarians' shared interests? I like water. Yeah, yeah. So I like hosing down things. The, the tap, I do. I love the tap hosing variety. down. Like oh, like I love hose. I love hosing down. When I was at my house, kind of done, and it was all gritty and dirty out the front. Get, oh, sh- get the spray. Oh, some sort of fancy footballers' hose. Hours. What? Have you got like do footballers have like special, like special hoses, like diamante hoses? No, I don't no. think so. I don't think B and Q do those. Have you got one of those windy things? That you're kind of a real. Yeah, yeah. I did have, but now I just loop and loop and loop. He'll have one of those just on a trolley that's like no. high pressure. No, I haven't. Pad, you know, that you can basically no, clean anything with. There is a no. journalist, a football journalist, who has a sit on lawnmower. I used to have a sit on lawnmower. Did you? A Mountfield. Absolutely brilliant it was. I loved it. Are you pitching for sponsorship from Mountfield? <laughs> can I just say, Mountfield <laughs> mowers, they simply are the best. <laughs> was that their tagline? Because I feel like yeah, somebody else They cut the grass, but the comfort you used to get, used to bear the seat was just this so was lovely. Chin fork, chin fork two. Chin chin fork, this three. was chin fork two. The, the farm farmhouse in Presbury. Yes, Why that was chin it. Fork? We, we know Chinfort. The most famous house ever, apart from the White House or Buckingham Palace, is is South Fork, the Which ranch, is? the J.R. Ewing's house, the ranch in Dallas. Is that giving away his age? I don't know. Dallas? Dallas? No, I've watched three runs and stuff. Um, there must be loads you of houses in Dallas. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. But there was only who's, one major house where the Ewings J. lived Ewing? in Dallas. Who's J.R. Ewing? Who's J- right. What? Seriously, I'm going to break that <laughs> microphone off and stick it with this. <laughs> what you do in Dallas, you know J.R. Ewing, don't you? Larry Hagman. No, this is, this we is just, need just to, saying we're going to see Dynasty. We need to, uh, must have seen Dynasty. Of course, I haven't seen Dynasty. I'm, I'm in my 30s. Oh, Although I did, I did learn actually relatively recently that my parents, who are not kind of glamorous Americana types, watched Dynasty religiously. Yeah. It changed my view on them yeah. massively. It was the, I, I the, like the British much. influence in Dynasty that made a lot of people watch it in this country because of Joan Collins. She ah, was in Dynasty. Yes. But Dallas, there's no reason to name your house after Dallas. No. I no. mean, you're, you're watching reruns. The reruns were in the late 80s. What I find strange. I've been calling my house Chinfork. Why didn't you call it Gryffindor? None of you said, until today, have said, why is it Chinfork? It takes a journalist to ask the important questions. Yeah, but why does it take you two years before you say, wait a minute, what's the fork business on the end of that? I was not that interested. Oh, really? (laughs) And also, there's been so many. If I was the, the, where was your mower from? My mower, Mountfield mowers. They simply are the best. Mountfield, my slogan would be, Buy Mountfield, don't take a shortcut. And that would be an excellent... But sometimes you do need a shortcut. It's a but you don't want to cut your lawn too short, because obviously that then encourages the weeds. So you've got to keep a bit of length in there. Um, this is another edition of the Set Piece Menu Football Podcast. We are four friends talking about football over food, and Rory has provided us with huevos rancheros, which I think literally translates to eggs ranchers. It does. Oh, Correct. right, OK. So we've, mm. we've had cowboy breakfast. It was like a really tasty vomit, wasn't it? That's the f- it looked like vomit. And thank you for wearing, really wearing chaps as well. Last thank time. you, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. The fact that the assless was slightly excessive, but never mind. Um, <laughs> he does have the look of Dan Dare about him, actually, doesn't he? Oh, so why are you picking again? We've only just started. Are you picking on me again? I don't know. I, I have a question about, you know, all this, like, this isn't to do with football. But, you know, like, so that's ranchers' eggs. That's kind of Mexican ranchers' eggs. That's where it comes from. That's a really impractical thing to cook whilst on a ranch. Like, if you're out in the open field on a, cat, on a cattle drive. But it's a one-potter. 
that, isn't you it? You're going to have it all in one pan. You need a stove. You need some peppers, some onions, some eggs, some chorizo. It's too much stuff. We were already going to congratulate you on a brunch well made. You don't need to run through the, uh, well, the criteria for putting it all but together. I'm just surprised that ranchers have the time. How does it fit into that? your life as a rancher? I do a lot of ranching, actually. You do ranching? Yeah, I do a lot so of ranching. So what does that cost as a hobby? Ranching. If I was to celebrate my birthday, I'd probably go ranching. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing you, you go to do? Um, Set Piece Menu is available on iTunes and Stitcher. We're looking into broadening our footprint to other platforms too, but none of us are technologically aware enough. Let us know if you uh, do have a favourite app, though, on which you'd like us to be available. I've had many people mention many different apps, all of which I've completely forgotten. So do tweet us at Set Piece Menu, all one word, at Set Piece Menu. If you're new to us, where have you been? You've missed all sorts, some intelligent, some imbecilic. The intelligent has come from Steve Wyeth, a commentator for BT Sport, Rory Smith, the chief soccer correspondent for the New York Times, and of course me, Hugh Ferris, while the imbecile um, is... That's really unfair. Wait a minute. That is a bit... Everything even, I say... Even by your terms, I didn't say anything. If you, you want to assume... If you want to assume that's you, then that, that's your... Wait a minute. Spoilers. Spoilers. You mentioned how great three of you are, and then there's a nugget there who just talks rubbish. Well, Andy will be once again delivering one of his soccer stories later on. That's the first time I've mentioned you by name, so it's important that you don't draw any conclusions about what preceded uh, that moment. Uh, you'll have to pay your penance first, though, because for the next half an hour or so, we'll be discussing one footballing subject before eventually realising the reason it's worth discussing is the fact that there's no possible conclusion. On today's set-piece menu, the old top four is now a top six, but is it any less of a closed shop? They said the Premier League top four monopoly would never be broken, but along came Leicester and blew it all apart. But from the wreckage has risen a new top six with Liverpool and Spurs joining Arsenal, Chelsea and the Manchester's City and United, who at the beginning of February were sixth. That's United five points ahead of the rest. So are those six just as impenetrable or are we falling into the same trap that we did with the top four? And that didn't turn out to be as impenetrable. Well, I think we need to delineate between the big four, I'm doing inverted commas with my hands, very effectively, the top four, which the big four, the original big four, was Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea. That was, they were the big four, the mid-2000s big four. Obviously, if you go back even further to the mists of time when Andy played, you had the big six, who were Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, Everton, United and I think Villa. Sheffield Wednesday, who I played for? No, probably no, not. Not when you played for. So after, after, after I left, yeah. Um, they were the big six who sort of led the breakaway of the Premier League. So the top four was a thing that kind of came into being with Arsenal, Chelsea, United, and City. I don't know. I guess between 2010 and 2014, and then. Is everyone knows? Is the fan still on? The instructor Huevos. Because I don't rancheros. want my house to smell of Huevos Rancheros. What did you, you know? Does anybody find it distracting? Or Would you like me to turn the fan do, off? Should we, should we have the conversation I don't whilst mind. the extractor fan? The, the, the food was, was the food was good enough for the, the for the smell to linger. I right? bother the dog though. He gets, he gets all sort of annoyed we if there's a nice dance, smell. I can't dance Would you like, around the dog? The dog's Would not annoyed. He's fast asleep. Would you like me to turn the fan off? Well, let's turn the fan off, shall we? I'll turn the fan off. Let's go for it. It was it was during such an important conversation that was being delineated by Rory. He might now wake up. That's the problem. Actually, that is a lot better. Is that better? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It, you really got on so much, I kind of forget it. I thought that noise was just in my head, but it was the... Uh, it's all right. We're pulling back the curtain, and just to show how real this is, mm. uh, this will all be left in the podcast. Really? The uh, extractor fan has been eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to continue the point that you were making prior to that interruption by me. So the top four has... Uh, in, in its kind of most recent guys has only really existed since I guess 2010-2011 so it, what that shows is that these things aren't permanent but 
not, I think it's very hard to see anybody breaking the top, this top six for the foreseeable future. And that may not be a great thing for actually the Premier League as a whole which will come to later. And this is not sort of... Well, it has happened organically, but we could have predicted it. If the four of us had sat down before a ball had been kicked at the start of the season and we all were asked to write down the teams that would finish in the top six, doesn't matter what order you wrote them down in, we would have all written down the same top six clubs and I'm, I'm pretty sure that 95% plus of people would have done the same thing. So this was all entirely predictable at the start of the season, regardless of what Leicester achieved the season before. But perhaps what's most troubling about it with the, with the, the increase in, in money yeah. for Premier League club, clubs from the latest television deal is that it, it is difficult in the short term to see that changing. The top six this season will surely be the top six next season. And, and it's a, more fa- than it's like a financial after, yeah, top yeah. So, But Everton, maybe in yeah. time, if, but again, big finances coming into Everton. Everton is that the only way they could compete? But that, the that's the point you're making. It's the, the difference between a big six, if you like, mm. and, and a top six. Because yeah. anything can upset a top six because it's based, as Leicester was, on a an incredibly rudimentary style of playing football that nobody seemed to be able to cotton on to. And they incredibly... Counter-attacking football is rudimentary. Well, I think it's been going a for a while. Of the, no, I think it can be rudimentary in a, in a positive sense. What yes. was amazing about it Leicester? It sounded like it, did it, though? It was, what was brilliant about watching Leicester last year was that you could tell teams were sort of going, well, we know exactly how they'll play, but they probably won't do it against us. And they just, oh, no, they've done it again! Until April, people <laughs> were still going, oh, we don't have to do anything to worry about it. They won't, they won't play like that against us. It won't work against us. And you think, they've been top since, like, January. <laughs> Try and counteract them. Do something. It was almost like other teams just assumed their luck would run out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. This has worked consecutively for the last 12 games for them, but it's clearly not going to work for a 13th <laughs> game. Amazing. And, and so if that's the reason that the, the top six or a big four or whatever yeah. that you would like to say was upset then that won't necessarily be repeated because Leicester attempting to either change the way they play or the way that they play isn't working anymore so the big six remains the same Mm -hmm. so is it going to always be a big six top six being exactly the same because of the financial reasons if it's just in terms of the only team I can see not breaking into it becoming a top seven possibly Mm -hmm. is if Everton spend big money if they move grounds if they do what all the other clubs have done when huge wealth has come in but that's what Modern football is about. Steve was talking about the money that's come into the Premier League again, the, the ramping up of the mm-hmm. of the of the value to the Premier League clubs. Uh, the ones that have the money are the ones at the top of the league. And I know Leicester it was a bit of an anomaly that it'll never happen again. Look what's happening to Leicester this yeah. season. But if you don't have the money, there's absolutely no way that you can have any chance of finishing in the top six. Surely it's worse than it's worse than ever now. But the, the idea, as I recall, or one of the positives of this huge new influx of television money at the start of, of this season was that it was going to level the playing. Mm. That you'd finish, you'd finish bottom of the Premier League, and you'd still make a hundred million pounds in more know, than you get for winning the Champions. League. More than you mm. get for winning the Champions League. So that was going to level the playing field. Instead, what's happened is it has allowed the already six richest clubs to further enhance their position, flex their muscle, strengthen in the areas they they needed to strengthen, and, and they've sort of been able to separate themselves from everybody else. But that's quite an interesting subject, and that's something I don't have an I know we specialise in not answering questions, but that's something that genuinely confuses me, because last year it did look a bit more like, and I know that we have a Sky employee here, employee here so we have to pretend that anyone can be anyone in the Premier League, but... <laughs> that's, the, that's probably enough with the, the Annie Hinchcliffe voiceover for a recent promotional advert. <laughs> 
the, um, it did look like that last yeah. season. It did look like it was becoming a bit more kind of democratic. So Southampton had sort of got themselves for two yeah. or three seasons up in and around Stoke, the Europa League kind of places. Eight, yeah, Stoke and West Ham and had kind of, campaign. Yeah, yeah. They, they were kind of around, in and around. The gap was there was still a gap there. You're always going to have a there. Are, there are always going to be richer teams in a league than other than other teams, and those teams are always going to have an inbuilt advantage. But it seems to be getting a bit narrower. And it's, what's amazing this year is that it's gone completely. So Everton are now starting to kind of maybe bridge the gap. They might get close to fifth and sixth. I don't doubt How far off they were? About nine or ten points. Yeah, so there was a top. It was a gulf, wasn't it? To four or five, I think. Five, it? Six, yeah, yeah. It's, it's single figures. It's, it's At the beginning of February, it was, it was five. But if you look at the teams that have finished seventh over the last five seasons, Ooh. West Ham, Southampton, Manchester United, Liverpool and Everton. So if you're saying that it has concentrated a little this season where the teams that are expected to finish in the top six because they're the big six are doing so, then we are actually, funnily enough, having something of a rare mm. season that follows the path that you would expect it to. But the, the question I was going to ask was, why is it that the money hasn't levelled the playing field? Because it did seem to, the theory was that when Swansea and Southampton and whoever could, could all go and spend 15, 20 million pounds on players, that that would reduce the gap between because ultimately the big, the, the big six, if that's what we're going to call them, can't go and sign Messi and Ronaldo because they don't want to come, ultimately, even though it's the best lead in the world. <laughs> the anybody can beat anybody. <laughs> See? Good idea. So they, they can, say, sign £35 million players, whatever, £40 million players. But when the rest can sign £20 million players, the gap is smaller. Why has that not manifested this season? What's the di- what are the big six doing that has prevented the rest catching up? Because they already had that strength in depth and they've got the marketability to attract the top players. Just because all of the, the Premier League clubs are now have tens of millions of pounds more to spend in the transfer market doesn't mean that a, a player is going to prefer to join Southampton over Manchester United the move to Manchester United yeah. will still be a more attractive one. Plus, Manchester United have, have revenue from numerous yeah, other yeah. sources yeah. to help strengthen their position, offer greater wages, supplement further the television revenue. Effectively, somebody who's got a bigger house, who's given a load more money, is still going to have a bigger house yeah. than, than, than somebody who lived in a smaller dwelling who also got a bit of an influx of cash, aren't do, they? Do you think, to an extent as well, that the... the the lesser teams, the non-bid six teams, the other 14, we should maybe call them. Uh, the, <laughs> the others. The others. They are spending lots of money, but not actually getting better players. No, they're getting well, average, they're spending you, over the odds for average players. On, on Seppi's menu before, about the fact that there are teams that buy interchangeable £20 million midfielders. That's what's happening. You, you, you look even at Leicester now, who are the only team to finish in the top four, apart from one of the big six, since 2005. Wow. So they clearly with a lot, a lot of extra money as for winning the Premier League have attempted to spend money which has not made them better but they didn't so it's the strength in depth that you mentioned yeah. from the big six and they are spending £20 million on players who are playing at the other 14 clubs yeah. to strengthen not necessarily their first team but those behind the first team which allows the, them to compete over not just one season but two, three, four, five. But do you know, do you know that, that, that's and I'm really sorry to interrupt no no you, you go for it you're wearing glasses today you, you, I am wearing got, glasses got, today got the, the why, why are you wearing glasses 
for a podcast. I, I don't really understand. I'm wearing that. glasses to intimidate you all intellectually, it's but working. also it's to, because I didn't have time this morning to put my contacts in. Ah, okay. Uh, and I got back late last night. The God, it's all about the martyr today. It really it? is. I thought <laughs> it was only Elton John that could carry off those type of glasses, but you've done a, a pretty good job of it. <laughs> and Christopher Beans. <laughs> Timmy Mallet, let's keep going. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of people have said to me that one of the things about the Premier League that kind of makes it different to other leagues is that there is a structural advantage for bigger teams. And that is because there are so many fixtures in December and January that it in- inherently the structure of the campaign inherently favours teams with bigger squads. It, dis- it disincentivises teams like Leicester. So that, that may well be it, that what, what we had last year was was obviously it was an, anom- an anomaly but it was actually a sort of defiance of of the way the Premier League is built to favour favour the, the giants effectively I just wanted to make that point I'm not sure if it was relevant that, that was much more intelligent than anything I was going to say so I don't feel like I need to, to backtrack really oh come on Steve don't you make me no 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 I, don't, I'm, I, no I don't I don't mean anything but I'm not, I'm not angry about it it was excellent it was very eloquently made sometimes you just agree with the previous caller yeah yeah sometimes <laughs> you do well, not if you're Robbie I'll, Savage. Just, I'll just hang up <laughs> I feel like the caller in and then and, like Savage goes that's a great point bye <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like a, a politician never stands up on the opposite side of the house and says oh, fact, actually yeah. that's, a, re- yeah. that's yeah. a really good idea yeah we Okay. Oh, I wish we'd come up with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. let's do that. Yeah, go on, on you go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what, what Premier League managers or good Premier League managers, or if it's a head coach, the, the system that that thinks long term about Premier League clubs that are successful, they they realise that you have to run to stand still. So there's no point in, and I I assume that's what Leicester have attempted to do this season. Mm. They by, by selling their their best the player. Best who can run. Player, dude, can you, you should copyright that. They've got to run to stand still. Running You've been stand, thinking about that well, for it, quite it, some time. Is it a U2 song? Oh, you next from somewhere else. I think it's oh, well, it's it's Phrase, isn't it? Take it all back. We don't do too many original thoughts on here. You've got to run to stand still. I want to do like very, rather a good song. It's the kind of song that you'd like being a fan of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. I'm not even. Don't even. I'll get you in a headlock in a minute. <laughs> do you notice? Get the, off. The tattoo on his left left arm. No, Let well, I've well, got two. I've got, got two, haven't you? Yeah. Got two. Better days. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, tattoo. Got better days on that, my arm, but sadly today's not um, one of them. Go on. From New York's East yes. Village. Yes. That, that better days. We went to New York together, didn't we? Not in that way. <laughs> Just as friends, didn't we? Probably don't need to qualify that yeah. statement. I don't think we, I think we do. Yeah. I want to convince Kate that With or Without You, the U2 anthem, mm. was based on a Victorian hymn. And she started, <laughs> she started telling people. <laughs> one of my greatest moments. I think that was what made her Actually, lyrically, I can. Yes. It works. It is. It does work. You can imagine it being sung by choir uh, which it was yeah. so back to running to stand still which I think is on Joshua Tree but I, I, I it is to be corrected on that yeah. um, the idea is is that there's no point in just if you've had a successful season just sticking with the same squad yeah, thinking yeah. that it will be enough you need to improve because everybody else will improve and this goes back to the money point that there are more teams than just the top six big six who can spend money whether it's well spent or not mm. you can spend money to bolster your squad and it's it's difficult to dominate in that environment if you think about six being basically just under a third of the Premier League that's actually quite a large chunk mm. so perhaps actually it's it's not a bad thing that as many as six are dominating when you look at the other teams from other leagues fewer teams dominate because they've got a substantially bigger pot from which to draw funds and that means that it's easier for them to dominate and there are fewer teams doing it and the other thing the top six can spend their money knowing that relegation is not something they will have to contemplate mm-hmm. at all the other 14, even you mentioned the likes of Southampton, Stoke, West Ham, who've all finished in seventh place in recent seasons, they will all start the season knowing that survival is their number one objective. So, do you think that's true? So if yeah. it's even for Stoke now, do you think that's what they're yeah, thinking at the start of the season? They, they can't spend 
they can't spend without any consideration whatsoever for the consequences of a relegation that could mm. potentially happen. Yeah, I've not thought of that. That's a good point. The, in the January it transfer, was the point I was going to make. In the January transfer window, d- don't the, the, the money, it breaks down to the top six spent exactly the same amount as the bottom 14 yeah. in the January transfer window just passed. I think there are two reasons. I don't want to be like the, like the Premier League hater, but there's two things that aren't great about having six six teams specifically who are although there is there's differences between them and some are stronger than others obviously but who are expected to finish in those positions one is that it means that the the champions league places are a close shop to mm. those six yeah. effectively that unless you get a real anomaly those those four of those six are going to the champions league whereas in spain you do have that big gap between the two madrid clubs barcelona and then everybody else although sevilla are kind of making it there are some anomalies fi- for sevilla making a in decent february fist. it may what yeah, not finish it, that, it, it may not finish we, that as way. we talk now but it, it could change but but, but the, so it's 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 better in in a sense for that for a league to be like that where you have Celta Vigo, Real Sociedad, Sevilla, Villarreal, Valencia, they've all been to the Champions League in recent years. They all have that. There is a spot open and you can have that success. In the Premier League, it doesn't feel like that. It does feel like there are 14 teams, maybe or 13, maybe Everton are the exception, who are saying our target this season is avoid relegation and maybe finish seventh if we can. Everton might be aiming higher. The other disadvantage for the big six is it makes it much harder to sign the absolute top players if they feel they won't be guaranteed Champions League football. That's why Barca, Real, Bayern get the best players Mm. because they know you go there, you're playing Champions League. And there's competition from within England as well as those those big teams as well. Yeah, Everton... Uh, to a lesser extent currently Southampton, Stoke, West Ham are effectively playing for the hope that a Europa League place will, yeah. will, will, be, will drop which they will to then spend, in the league. spend the season <laughs> resenting yeah, 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 they'll be furious because they're in the second qualifying round for the Europa League in, in the middle of July initially I thought well the top six has got to be better than the top four that, that's mm. got to be more competitive and the good thing about it is that yeah the, the, the gap has started to open up but there was a, there was a point even in the run up to, to Christmas where any one of the top six could still be legitimately considered title contenders and it's only because of an extraordinary run by Chelsea that that's, that's not the case yeah, and really again that's slightly anomalous Chelsea, yeah. as well and, but what's happened interestingly now in the last, last few weeks is that the, the gap between top in the Premier League and sixth in the Premier League is as wide as it is in any of the other top five divisions in Europe. So here we're looking at thinking, well, we've got six really prestigious clubs challenging at the top, but they've sort of become annexed without being competitive together. Mm. Whereas if you look at other leagues, well, Atalanta, a sixth in Italy. So Atalanta could be in the Champions League mm. next season. Fan- fantastic. You've got um, Leipzig, Hertha, Berlin and Hoffenheim who are all in the top six in Germany. Well, that's that's interesting. That's breaking what would have been a you know an established status quo with the likes of, of Schalke normally being up and around those places. And it's only really in France at the moment because even in, in Spain, Real Sociedad mm. are up there. That's not, not what you would necessarily consider to be of a norm. Whereas it's only really in France where you look at the, the six clubs that are the top and he said well again those are the six that I would have anticipated being in and around yeah no, but it's not the top six Nice places. isn't maybe immediately apparent and they also have the best title race uh, yeah, yeah of course they do yeah. and if you just to, just to back that up statistically because Steve's absolutely right if Real Madrid and Juventus both leading their uh, leagues at the moment win the game in hand that they have the spread is 14 to 16 points yeah. in all five of yeah, those it's, leagues it's, it's very similar so actually just, yeah. regardless of, of who dominates whether it's one team two teams three teams or there are all six that we think in England that have a chance of winning the title actually the spread 
is pretty much exactly the same. The one advantage the Premier League has over all of those is that even if they are to become annexed, those top six for the, the next few seasons, the, at the beginning of the season, it would still be difficult perhaps to pick the title winner. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the exception of Spain, the other top divisions in Europe, yeah, you know who's going to win the title this season. The likelihood is they'll win it over the next two or three seasons you know Juventus Bayern Munich and PSG their, their dominance of those divisions doesn't really look like it's going to come under a, a, an immediate threat so at least the Premier League yeah they might have set themselves apart from the other 14 but at least those those top six are all genuine contenders for they, silverware do you think they seriously are? Do you think in years to come, if it does stay as it is and the finances stay the same for the top six? And I just wonder whether winning the t- is winning the title all important to the top six clubs or is it maintaining the financial state of the club becoming global? Is that just as important? You, you, can, have short, you can have short and long term. Yeah, but goals, if you're a business, which obviously these clubs are, is winning the title the be all and end all, do you think? You'd probably need to ask that question to an Arsenal fan. Mm. Their, their answer would be fairly emphatic, I'd have thought, mm. wouldn't it? They, you, need to, you need to have a title to, to, to nail to the mast occasionally, yeah. don't you? But they're all, they're all, all, all those six clubs are kind of prisoners of their own experience in the sense that, so to Arsenal would say, oh, you know, I mean, Arsenal fans would simultaneously say, we're incredibly successful because we're always in the top four, but we're not successful enough because we haven't won the title since 2004. Is that the same voice that does your Sky? Are Arsenal considered the same as those other sides in terms of how they run the, the club, how the club has been run in the past? Is that why they've not been, why they've not won titles? Because they're a bit more business savvy, they won't spend the money I th- that I th- clubs will. I guess, I mean, the, within the Arsenal, massively divided, all fan bases are divided, but Arsenal's fan base is divided beyond almost beyond repair I would have thought it's it's a bit like the United States politically <laughs> the, um, that, that's perhaps another podcast or, Arsenal um, and the States or Brexit what is that um, a, a Wenger like in or Brexit. a Wenger out is yeah. that the, is that Leave the dividing or line yeah so if you have two leagues within the league a top six and everybody else yeah. in essence playing for a, a possible seventh place or playing to avoid relegation is this how we see it's going to be now because of the finances and the, and the power like so really the structures of these clubs with their squads with the depth that they have is that it now are we? Is this, is this how it's going to be for the next 10, 15 years? I think clubs just always, whoever wins it might change, but it will be one of those six clubs. I think you, you might get the occasional interloper. You might get Everton finishing third or fourth, possibly someone like that. You might mm-hmm. get a year when Southampton do it. You might get every so often, like, yeah, West Ham might finish fifth. But I think the likelihood is that those six are now away with it until something until you get something that changes, whether that's a team that gets a golden generation through its youth system and manages to keep them together or an investor comes in or an investor leaves or a really disastrous period for one of them in terms of terrible results the, until there's a seismic change I think this is the established order there, there have been in the last five seasons on the same snapshot of what we had with our seventh places earlier there have been some strange top six finishes so Leicester obviously last season Newcastle finished fifth in 2012 Pard, Pard. <laughs> Sir Alan Everton finished fifth in 2014 Southampton finished sixth also last season as well so there, there are again those situations where you think hang on a minute that is an impressive achievement six last year yes mm-hmm. that's but amazing that won't necessarily be Straight a portent group stages yes oh, yeah. but the other thing that people like Sir Alex Ferguson who was in charge of the last team that dominated the Premier League before it became four teams could win it six teams could win it he would always think about getting 60 points against the the bottom 10 teams in the Premier League if you are always successfully beating those top 
bottom 10 teams home and away you're getting 60 points and if 80 to 85 will stand you a very good chance of winning the Premier League you only need to pick up a 20, 25 more points if you say 24 that's only you that's only 8 wins bully. <laughs> well he wanted to be didn't he because all, all those incredibly dull 2-0 victories at Old Trafford that everybody we, we used to commentate yeah. on them and we used to think oh this is going to be over after 25 minutes when United get their first goal and the, the plan A of the team that is trying to get anything out of it completely goes out of the window so if you get 60 points from that, it doesn't really even matter what happens between those yeah. top six, because all you need to do is pick up the odd point here or there. And whether it's a, a Sky advert where you're saying any team well, can the, be, beat any team and these big, you know, Grand Slam Sundays that we used well, to have, actually, thing, do it? they yeah. affect where a title goes it, at well, the end of the Clearly, if Sir Alex is looking at how we do, we beat everybody else home and away. How we do against our closest rivals, from what you're saying, is pretty immaterial. But everybody believes, oh, Chelsea against United, title decider. No, it isn't. It's making sure you beat everybody else home and away. And you wouldn't have thought a top club would think in that way. But that's where the bulk of your points come from. It's going to be harder probably now because maybe that's expanded out to six teams now that can really challenge each other. Maybe that's going to get a bit harder. But the, the, the theory is still the same for those six clubs. Beat everybody else home and away. I think the fact that you've got six six teams it probably applies with four but the fact you've got six teams makes that even more important mm. I've always thought that the Grand Slam Super Sunday thing is a myth Grand Slam where have you got that from the, when was Grand Slam Sunday two, it was, two, it was two, like two, Liverpool Chelsea ago. and United City yeah, yeah, yeah. Each, Grand each Slam Sunday because you probably came up with a slogan I did not <laughs> we assumed it, it was your handiwork you're always in those marketing meetings he was, he was an intern in the marketing department before they thought hey this guy's pretty good let's put yeah. him on my powerpoint is frightening your powerpoint is as precise as your free kicks well it? yes it's better it than is. the points that you make <laughs> <laughs> sorry what were we saying you slide interchange better than you slide we lost <laughs> look at that look at <laughs> that we're off again aren't we yeah. we were talking about something really good and then suddenly you'd say how rubbish I am at football again we don't need this the, um, let's get past this with, uh, with six teams yeah. it's probably even more important I think what, what, you, what you'll find is that titles are increasingly decided in those games against the other 14 because when you have six teams involved, they're all going to take points off each other. Liverpool, I think this season, have taken more points off their rivals in the top six than any other team. Liverpool aren't going to win the, aren't going to win the league because yeah, they drop go. points to Burnley and Swansea and, and Bournemouth. That's that's where titles are won is against those 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 other teams. They can be lost in the head-to-head games. You can lose titles. You can lose chances to win titles Particularly in those games. Particularly if the timing of those games is as such yeah. that, that it creates a three-point gap. But in the other leagues, if we're trying to compare... Those bottom, if it's Spain, for example, those same bottom 14 teams, you would expect Real Madrid and Barcelona to beat all the time. And so it does probably come down yeah. to the Classicos, which is great for marketing and it's great for a casual fan who likes to know that there is going to be something riding on that match. And until recently, I don't know if they still do it in La Liga, they do it on head to head instead of goal difference. So that was almost mm. more. Yeah. Yeah eggs in that basket let's try and make it about the Classicos but it's like are, that so those Juventus-Roma games right. are always but that's when you have to that sort of yeah, yeah that's that true out, but that's aren't, really aren't you kind of highlighting your own deficiencies yes. by doing that but only you have pointed it out most people don't notice that but you're just so clever that's why you're involved <laughs> in this podcast because your voice is horrible but the stuff you come out with it is tremendous it was only, it was only a matter Tins of time redressing <laughs> the balance <laughs> <laughs> you see that you see me pull that banner up redressing the balance now, now do you understand why I went as far as imbecilic earlier on because I knew even a word. Yes. Of course it's a word. You questioned artisanal earlier. You didn't think That's that that a was a word. It is yeah. a word. Was, that, was, was the bread artisanal Steve, enough for Steve you? Steve provided the bread and it is from the... Let's see if we can get some sponsorship from them. I'd love free bread. What's it called? The honey... The taste of honey jelly. The taste of 
Honey Deli, yes. In thank West you for the bread. In trendy West Ditsbury. Well, not, not, not thank called. you for the bread. I had to pay for it. Yeah. Well, thank you for the bread that's forthcoming. Yes, we can get free bread. Do you know who I am? I'm SW. From set piece menu, they should have said, We've "How got, many loaves do you want?" Right, my I was wearing a cap and glasses. No I, 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 like, I like to be <laughs> able to incognito yeah. as yeah. I make we my way. We don't order out with t-shirts with our names on them so people recognise us, Chinch. What's the t-shirt? People are now going to think we're saving that for huge stacking. So I feel like we have actually come to some sort of conclusion. Essentially, the top six teams in terms of turnover and wages, which those big six are, will be that big six until the Leicester story happens again, which we don't expect it to happen. Well, we'll, I don't ever think again, the four of us will ever be talking about that. Wouldn't look really stupid next year when like, West Ham wins the title, <laughs> yeah. that way. Look really stupid. That's not going to happen, though, is it? Well, not Sam without Dimitri Payet. Leads Crystal no. Palace's charge into the champions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to do the podcast in old guy makeup, won't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's time for Nevermind Jack and Ori. What a soccer story. It's a tale from Andy's playing days with all adult behaviour and libel-worthy details removed. Charge your glasses, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's time for the chinch. Oh, this is great. You know, the, in the match programmes, they have these questions and answer things that they always do with players Earl Barrett a very good friend of mine started at Man City with we played together at Sheffield Wednesday and at Everton this is the story when we were at Everton so they've asked Earl for his kind of you know favourite meal and all this type of stuff uh, favourite music favourite band so he said Blackstreet now Blackstreet Earl's a very cool cat Blackstreet with this band mid 90s hip hop have you heard of Blackstreet so he's given the researcher all the information steak and chips all this type of stuff but Blackstreet favourite band by the time it gets printed on a match day, I can't remember who we're playing. Open the match programme. Earl Barrett's in there, story about him joining Everton and all this type of stuff in his career. All these questions and, and answers. Oh, yeah, your favourite away ground, Anfield, favourite food, fish and chips. Favourite band, Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so the researcher who'd written down what Earl had actually said must have thought, Backstreet, I've never even heard of oh, He must mean Backstreet Boys. But for Earl Barrett to be tarred with the brush of liking the Backstreet Boys, he never, ever lived it down. I just thought it's one of the greatest, greatest stories of these. Stu- they're stupid, aren't these question and answer things, aren't they? Did you ever do them? Yes. Uh, what Ask was me a question. Wh- who's your favourite? Oh, What's your favourite meal? Favourite meal? After today, <laughs> it's definitely fish and chips. <laughs> Fa- favourite band, Bruce, but did you say Bruce Springsteen? That's not a band, is it? What favourite music? Bruce, Bruce Springsteen and the, and the yeah, East and the Blackstreet Band. I have been to see the Backstreet Boys. I have to have hold you? my hand up. Yes, I do like the Backstreet Boys. If you don't hold, see the Backstreet Boys, you've got to hold your hand up and then sort of shake <laughs> it all around. If, if I had said, can I shock you? It's like your rom-com, <laughs> your rom-com admission. Can I shock you? I like the Backstreet Boys. If I had said Backstreet Boys, fine, because people know I'm an idiot. But for Earl Barrett to be, oh, it was the funniest thing ever. But you didn't. He just had to, and he just kind of went over it, and they had to go back to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> How the did it, Backstreet how, Boys. Did he know about it immediately he before was the game? Absolutely livid. Did it affect his performance? Um, I don't think it could get any worse. Right. <laughs> now Earl was one of. Actually, Ryan Giggs said Earl Barrett is the greatest defender he's ever played against, and that is I can understand why. Earl couldn't pass the ball for Toffee, but boy, could he run and defend. <laughs> Do you think that the back four movement was particularly good that day because the Backstreet Boys are known for their dance routine? So perhaps they are, aren't the offside they? trap was beautifully observed, <laughs> like the key what change in the middle. Day, yes. <laughs> Dave Unsworth. If you were boys members of Take That, who would you and who else was in that defence? Uh, there was myself. I was a linchpin. <laughs> Not my F- famous member Not of Take That. Yeah. Uh, we had Earl Barrett at right back or Matt Jackson at right back. Uh, we had Dave Watson and Dave Unsworth as the two centre halves. Gary Ablett played a little bit as well, yeah. and Big Nev at the back there. So we were. So oh, that so you got Southall, Hinchcliffe, yes. Barrett, yes. Watson, Unsworth. Yes. Yeah. Who is the 
Who's which, which member of Take... Who's the Robbie Williams of, in, of that? That left five. first. How many, how many people are in? Five people in Take That. Originally. Oh, originally. There's, there's two and a half now, isn't it? Well, who's the... Who's the, who's the, the uh, Howard, by the way, would be offended by that. Who would I, I have been? Who would I have been? That's what we're getting round to here. Because you know I'm no Robbie yeah. Williams. I think you, you might be Jason Orange. Jason Orange? Yeah. Jason Orange, yeah. Excellent dancer. Excellent dancer. And provider of tremendous backing vocals. The one that, all, that, that lots of people secretly fancy. Oh no, Jason that was Orange. definitely not the case. Definitely not the case. Was one of seven orange was, brothers. The Rhino. Jason Orange. Seven orange brothers. Seven, seven orange brothers. That sounds like a fairy tale. I think I've met six of them. One of them is called Ollie Orange, and he's a lovely guy. Why wouldn't he be? I've just thought I'd mention that, that was the ultimate party. Ollie, <laughs> Oliver he Orange is a lovely guy. I, I went. I once went to a dinner party James May, at Ollie guy. Orange's house. It was lovely. You went to a dinner party with an Orange brother. Yes. Which which member of the Orange brothers wasn't there? Was was too too I good can't for the party. Them all. Where does where does, the, where does the surname Orange come from? It's oh, quite an mean, unusual name, isn't probably it? Probably Dutch. Probably is Dutch. It Dutch. Yes. Is it Dutch? William of Orange. It. William of Orange. Maybe Jason Orange is descended from William of Orange. Possible. So it'd be called Jason of Orange. Jason of Orange, yeah. The but the back, I don't know. The back four, who would have been? Oh, I don't know. I'm no Robbie Williams. I would like to say. Who left first? Howard, what's Howard Donald do? Did he do spin on his back and that type of stuff? No, that's Jason Orange. That's Jason Orange. Oh, right. What did Howard do? Being Jason Orange isn't, isn't an insult. It is. The it's way not. you said it, the way you looked at me. Howard did lead vocals on Never Forget, which is quite a lot of people's favourite to take that song. So, so would you clap hands? Do you clap hands? Yes. Yeah, high hands. Yeah, I'd yeah, say that yeah, Dave Barlow. Watson is the Barlow. Because he would, he'd have been the organiser. Maybe, maybe, maybe Southall's Who's always looking to get away? I think no. I think Southall's the, the aloof. Yes, yeah, I tell you what. You could, you could say Southall's, you could say Southall's Robbie Williams. You could say that Unsworth. Yes, maybe, no, yes. Unsworth is Robbie Williams because he tried to get away, then regretted it. He went to Aston Villa, didn't he? For yeah, ten for minutes, like, and then <laughs> 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 didn't he? Yeah. He said, "Don't like this." Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Robbie, Robbie didn't come. Robbie, Robbie waited a little bit longer than ten days. Yeah, but you can tell there's a sadness in his eyes. So we've got Andy as Jason Orange, which I think is is a beautiful way to end. Thank you very much indeed for the soccer story mm, thank you. Uh, for your contributions other than the soccer story uh, Mr Andrew Hinchcliffe to Mr Stephen Wyeth Mr Rory Smith thank you to you as well and thank you to everybody uh, for listening don't forget tweet us at set piece menu don't forget to review to subscribe to download to tell your friends via any media um, and we'll be bringing you another set piece menu very soon have we got an address for checks to be sent to yeah just donations yeah just donations to our general fund well, your birthdays well, are coming yeah, up you can put it under the cloak page. are you getting presents yeah. for your birthday Nick you getting your present uh, I'm not sure should I should I give. be getting your to, what, what do you buy a man like me don't he's got that. everything <laughs> penicillin baggy sporting apparel <laughs> baggy sporting apparel <laughs> not on my watch tight tight as you tight, can get it <laughs> like a super dry shrink wrapped around yeah, the muscles <laughs> Kate never gets me presents for my birthday because I'm away. She doesn't like you. Every two years for a tournament. My birthday's in June, so I'm always away every two years for a Euros or World Cup. And she, she's convinced herself that that means I'm away every birthday, so there's no point ever buying me presents. I've not had a birthday present since about 2011. Kate, Katie's finest attribute as a girlfriend is the excellent array of presents. Oh, is that right? At Christmas and on my birthday. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, does she, what does she generally it? buy for you? All sorts. You're looking to be sponsored by Katie now. I'm dressed from top to toe by Katie most of the time. Would you like a super dry t-shirt? <laughs> As long as it's tight fitting.